and welcome to another slightly delayed episode of Retro Reacts. As always, I am Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy Gregory. Who I swear to God was just here. I'm back. I left for a minute. All right. I'm leaving that in. That's your introduction. <laughs> uh, this is a patron requested episode. We're going to talk about Popful Mail for the Sega CD as requested by our patron, Matt. Again, if you want us to cover your game, if you're so determined for us to cover it that you're not just going to send in a recommendation, but you must have it covered, the only way to do that is to go join our Patreon. You can find it in the link uh, always in the comments for the episode, but also on Retrovania.net, along with everything else Retrovania, is a link to our Patreon. You can join there and force us to cover your game, but also get access to three bonus episodes a month. But instead of shilling our Patreon for the whole time, Let's start the episode the way we've been starting the episode. And Jeremy, what have you been playing since our last show? What have I been playing? I have been playing um, this uh, little game called, uh, what, what's it called? The Cult of Lamb? Lamb Cult? Oh, whatever. yeah. Yeah. I've been looking into that. It's uh, really good. It's uh, kind of like uh, if you've always wanted a weird kind of doomsday cult that you can mm -hmm. build their town and torture them and you know make them worship you and built around a, a roguelike kind of game but it's uh it is not as i guess you, you don't have to get quite as invested into it as something like uh rogue legacy or mm -hmm. binding of isaac or anything it's not that hard and the runs that you do whenever you do go into to do the roguelike kind of uh, runs only last like 10 minutes, if that. So it's really well paced. It's super fast. If you got really bad attention disorder like I do, it is mm. right up your alley because there's something that you need to do all the time, mm. whether it's you're, you're doing your runs uh, or you're helping your people, building your town, feeding people to the tentacle monster. Uh, it's it's a really great game. Uh, I've got a Retrovaniacs cult going right now. Uh, Jeremy P. dissented, and uh, we had to put him in the pillory for a while till Jeez. he learned his lesson. Mm -hmm. uh, Kay was fed to the tentacle monster, and uh, wow. you know we've got a lot of you praying to the weird lamb statue outside the the temple. So uh, I've I've been strangely addicted to to like putting all of the people in Discord into my cult and making them do terrible things so i uh, can't recommend that game enough it's uh it's really great well i uh a while ago my son has wanted an oculus forever so he saved up all his money mm -hmm. and uh, we bought an oculus i may have mentioned this on the show before but i don't know but i didn't play it really i i had it but i you know i tried aside from trying like beat saber i was like yeah this is neat i'll try it later uh, I have played nothing on this Oculus except for hours and hours of walkabout mini golf, and man, it's incredible. Oh, it is yeah, the yeah. the most fun. Like, it's so simple, and it's just mini golf, but in courses that you couldn't actually have, like one in space. So you know, there's all the the platforms are all over the place. You're bouncing things off uh, asteroids and stuff. It's wonderful. I'm playing a lot of that, uh, but non Oculus related gaming. Uh, I've, I've been playing, I'm at the very last boss of Dragon Quest VIII. This is a game I've been playing for like five years. Not consistently, I don't have like seven million hours on it, but just I can't, I couldn't get into it, and then I'd restart it. And then I'd get about so far and I'd get frustrated and I'd restart it. So finally, uh, I guess last year when I went on vacation, I was like, all I'm going to do is play Dragon Quest VIII and nothing else. And I got, I got about 40 hours into it, and I, I kind of got it hooked into me, but then... You know, it's a, it's on. I have it on 3DS, and it's not something I play all the time. So I finally put more time into it this summer when I'm on vacation. And this past weekend, we went out of town just to keep my my kids out before school started. And I played a bunch more in the car and kind of when they were sleeping. And so I'm at the very last boss. And uh, other than the fact that he continuously kills me pretty quickly, I think I'm almost finished with this. I might have to do a few more hours of grinding, but otherwise, I think I'm finally 
almost done with Dragon Quest Eight, so I can start Dragon Quest Eleven <laughs> and, and follow that same pa uh, path where I get stuck early on uh, and then get back into it. But the other thing I've been playing a lot of is a while ago I went to a, a local game store here in Ellicott City, Maryland, um, Time Warp Media, and I found a copy of one of the Castlevanias I had not played, the Xbox 360 Castlevania Lords of Shadow. Uh, I don't mm. know why. I, well, I know why I hadn't played it because I didn't really care for Castlevania 64 until I forced myself to play it and, and kind of fall in love with it in a weird way. But I was like, yeah, the 3D Castlevanias just aren't going to work. And then I played a little bit of one and I was like, yeah, it was this one. I thought, oh, this plays a lot like God of War. I'm okay. You know, it it's a lot more fun than God of War for me. I like the setting a lot more. It's got... It's not incredibly difficult. It's got the same kind of problem I have with any kind of 3D action platform, which is if you can strafe, you're gonna you're you're not gonna get hit too many times. Dodge a bunch, uh, and then hit you know once or twice, then dodge a bunch once or twice. But I, it's still like, it's kind of scratching that Castlevania itch for me. It doesn't necessarily feel like Castlevania, but it also is not a bad version of that sort of 3D God of War style game. You know, if, if it was called just Lords of Shadow, I think, it may not have gotten any pickup because no one would know what it is, but I think people wouldn't have complained about it not being feeling Castlevania-like because it, it plays really well, and it does have that kind of, you know, gothic sort of background that Castlevania had. So that's been really fun. Uh, so just that and the Oculus. But Billy, I know you've been very busy, which is why this episode has been slightly <sighs> delayed. But to have you had time to play anything other than Powerful Mail? I, 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 a little bit here and there, um, and I, I mainly, I've uh, you mentioned Oculus, and funny you should. Uh, it's you know, it's it's the reason I picked one up is I do a lot of traveling for my job, and you know, no cords attached to it. it it's it's good for taking with you. Uh, and I, I a while back, I picked up that Resident Evil Four, um, which you know it, it continues the trend of if if Resident Evil Four is released on something, or re-released, or re-re-released. I'm going to buy it. Uh, and I, but I finally got some time into it. And they put that mercenaries mode in there, too. Um, so I, you know, just here and there, whenever I had time, uh, got on and have been playing through and just really thoroughly enjoying it. Um, I, I, when I first bought it, I was so excited. Um, I put about a half hour in and then, you know, wasn't able to touch it for a while. But it just, it's, it, it, it's amazing. Uh, there are a few things that, kind of take you out of it like cutscenes. uh you end up viewing your character in cutscenes rather than you know go, going first person uh, there are a few little things here and there that kind of take you out of it but all together uh when you're playing it is uh pretty amazing especially for an older title like that how immersive they made it and uh the, the gunplay is incredible uh the way you can manage your inventory you can either you know you can do an inventory wheel or you can reach to, you know, over your over your shoulder to, to pull your shotgun out or off your belt to pull your, your first aid spray out. Uh, they've done some pretty amazing things with it that have really spruced it up and made it feel like a, a, a brand new game. Uh, the only other thing I've been playing and I, well, I've been watching and playing, we've, we, around the house I introduced everybody to the Portal series, uh, which are a couple of my favorite games uh, for a long time now. And uh, we played through the first one around the house, and uh, we we are in the midst of the second. Which that second portal, I can't stress enough how much of a treat it is. And this is all building up to to a goal, right? You, you don't you know you don't introduce people to games to make them happy. You do it because you're selfish. I got that portal board game a while back, and I cannot find a single goddamn person to play the thing. And I won't play it with someone who hasn't played the games because I think there's probably a lot of inside jokes and things like that. Uh, 
you know, so, so I got I got to get people to play it around the house. So I have somebody to play this damn board game with me because it's been collecting dust. Yeah, that's I bought the uh, the Dark Souls card game and it has done yes. the same thing. I play you can play it by yourself and it's it's mm. fine, but it's more fun with other people. Uh, I did also pick up recently the Cuphead dice game because my son loves Cuphead. We played a lot oh, of that. How was that? Uh, yeah. it, it's good if you like speed dice rolling games. Like it's not as much about um, I don't want to say skill, but it's more about just rolling fast and realizing what dice you have you like 20 seconds to roll a bunch of dice basically and if you can do it in 20 seconds you can take out the boss in a series of rounds it's fun i'm enjoying it um i don't know how much i would play it with someone who's not eight but he loves it so it's been a good time uh but a game that does not have a board game that's in uh, gathering dust on my shelf is the game we're going to talk about today patron request popful mail for the sega cd As we mentioned at the start of the show, this is a patron request, and this was requested to us by Matt, our patron. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, this, I'm I'm very excited. Now, we've had a lot of requests that are, you know, someone's favorite game that no one's ever heard of. And we've had, you know, more recently some requests like Mario 64 that everyone knows, but we hadn't covered because we figured everyone knew it. Yeah. This is interesting because I had this game. I had Popful Mail for the Sega CD, but I only played it like for five to ten minutes and was like, oh, I'll get back to this. But just, you know, not enough time, never really got to it. And then my Sega CD uh, at one point stopped working. So I, I kind of got rid of this along with other games I wish I wouldn't have uh, back when I thought, oh, well, I'll never play these again. So I'm very excited to go back and visit this. Uh, I'm also very excited. That means you are another fellow Sega CD owner. Oh, yeah. I'm playing on original hardware. Oh, that's I see. I wish I could still be playing this on original hardware, but uh, spoilers, uh, no, I don't think either. any of us are for this time, no, but I did have it on original hardware and did play it. And, and the version we're playing plays similarly well. And did you have, I guess, why did you pick this game to cover? But also, what, what made you grab this game when you were younger? We, when we were kids, we got it, saw anime on those old game pros. We got really into that stuff. And anytime we get something that was anime like that, we'd grab it up, you know? And I beat that game once as a kid, and I always wanted to go back to it, but I had the same issue where my Sega CD went out, and I finally got a hold of another one and was wanting to go back to it. And I found you guys. I actually got hurt last September, and I've been on light duty at work, and I just mowed through everything, joined your Patreon, mowed through that, and here we are today. A game nobody, you never hear about, like you were saying. Wait, it's on a system that a lot of people didn't really get to play. It was a cost prohibitive for a lot of people. You know, like a Sega CD from the video store when you could rent consoles. I was one of those people. My video store was called Video Shark. I don't know if that's around anywhere else in the nation, but that was where we went before Blockbuster and Hollywood Video and all that. Well, this game specifically didn't get a massive... Um... Like, it wasn't a massive title in the U.S. It wasn't put up by Sega themselves. It was put up by Working Designs, uh, a third party, because yeah. Sega originally was going to release it um, as a Sonic title. Didn't work out, so they ended up not yeah, putting I, out in the U.S. That would have been weird. Yeah, it was supposed to be like female Sonic, huh? So is there anything about this game specifically that, I mean, other than that it was fun, a lot of people hadn't heard about it, but that kind of makes it stand out to you mechanic-wise? Really just the mechanics on it. Like, it's kind of weird. All these enemies had, like, a weird... Um, what's it called when you like a glitch thing where you can like a stun glitch or whatever yeah I don't think it was a glitch necessarily but they all definitely could get stun locked um, depending on how you yeah, attack that's what I was talking about stun locked yeah and it was really weird how some of it 
there was almost a cheapness to it, but there was almost a cheapness to getting killed at the same time. Yeah, I, I think this is definitely a case where uh, through the levels, you can stunlock most enemies and other than getting overwhelmed, uh, and you do take a fair amount of damage when you get hit, but it's not it's oh, not unfair. But the bosses no. as a whole are are either incredibly easy or incredibly difficult. There's no middle ground with these bosses. No. And it was just such a weird story. Like from where it started to where it ended, I just found that just to be a really, really weird game. Well, and some of that is probably the working designs translation. I'm sure that overall the game arc is the same, but they're notorious for adding a bunch of jokes in, uh, a lot of references mm -hmm. that at the time were current, but now not so much. Uh, and oh, yeah. <laughs> this game has, has a ton of those little little quips where it's like, did they originally say this? Was this supposed to be as jokey as it is? But that said, I don't mind that. I find it charming, but I'm sure some people might be put off by it, especially if you were a, a massive fan of the original and could, could understand the, uh, the original Japanese translation. I don't know. I just really wanted to give you guys something you might sit down and enjoy. But when I told you it was about six hours, that was a lie. It's if you know what you're doing, you can finish this thing in eight. It's not too yeah. bad. Um, I, I don't believe oh, I know I Jeremy has actually played this before. So uh, that's that's a positive. Okay. Uh, and, and Billy, I don't think has. But we're going to find out what 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 they both think, knowing that Jeremy's played it before and was kind of excited when I told him. I'm sure he's still <laughs> enjoying himself on this run through. But I love playing something, especially something I'm mildly familiar with, but not quite. But then I, you know, I get to go back and revisit a game that I kept meaning forever to go back to do, and now I have a reason to do it. So I do thank you for that. Oh, yeah, no, no problem. Do you have anywhere on the internet that people would find you if you want them to? Like, do you, um, do you can look up Davis Art and Entertainment on Instagram. That's about all I have. It's just a little art page I got. Yeah, no, I'm just curious to hear what you guys think. Hope you enjoyed it and see what they say. All right, well, you're going to find out in a second as Jeremy and Billy return to tell us what they also think of Popful Mail for the okay. Sega CD. talked about the Sega CD a fair amount on this show, considering how few games there were for it, I think they're amazing. Uh, but did either of you have Popful Mail when it was new? I, uh, I I did not, which is a shocker, because I am uh, a big Sega CD fan. It's well documented on this this, this podcast. That I have, have defended the Sega CD tooth and nail, and I had a pretty, pretty extensive library uh, of, of weird ass Sega CD game. So it seems strange that I didn't have one of them that's that's considered to be one of the better titles on there. I don't know if I just didn't encounter this one. The name is extraordinarily familiar. Um I obviously I wasn't 100% sure what it was cuz I thought it was just a straight up RPG, you know, top down uh you know, turn-based RPG is what I always had in my head that this game was. Uh maybe that's why I stayed away from it. Uh, you know, well, had I known, uh, I, I probably definitely would have given it a shot before. Uh, but no, I, I don't know if it was just that preconceived notion I had or just the fact that I didn't see it uh, to rent or at any of my stores. But I, I had not encountered this one until this review. I didn't have a Sega CD, so I obviously didn't own it at the time, but I did see previews of it in a lot of a lot of magazines at the time. And I was way into anime, and I kept seeing a lot of anime cutscenes in mm. this. You know, that was like the thing that that the Sega CD could do because otherwise, this just kind of looks like a Sega Genesis game. 
And I was, I was always like, man, if I ever get a Sega CD, that's the game I, I really want to play on it. Besides, you know, the, the big full motion video games and stuff like that. But it, it really looked fun and uh, looked like a game that was right up my alley. But no, I, I never played it back then, but it was always on my list and been, I've always been looking for like a real good reason to go through it. And we finally got there. Yes, thankfully it was requested. This is a game I did own. Again, this is when I worked at a game store. So I bought every single game that came through that looked like it might be a short release game. Uh, in the U.S., this was put up by Working Designs, uh, the same people who did the Lunar and Lunar Eternal Blue. Uh, but also they did a whole bunch of, like a hand, not a whole bunch, but a handful of TurboGrafx ports as well that I had had. Mm. So I was already like, Working Designs makes games for nerds like me. This is great. So any Working Designs game that came out, I bought. It had, you know, beautiful artwork uh, and the, the full color manual with like nice crisp pages like it was a really nice uh box it wasn't like a collector's edition the standard box of it was was really nice like the glass case with the manual was nice manual um but i had it and i i started playing it and i also like billy thought that this game was more of a standard rpg because that was Mm -hmm. everything else that working designs uh, had mostly put out uh with a few exceptions so when i started and it was not instead it's more of a side scrolling action sort of game i was like oh i'll get back to this and that was in 1995 this game came out in 1995 so uh, you know, it's out of my shelf until I got a PlayStation, and then almost all those games kind of faded off into the distance as I played, you know, every new amazing 3D game, thinking, oh, this is so much better. Uh, and then, uh, you know, as I've mentioned at least once or twice in my biggest gaming regrets, is I sold all my Sega CD games for a total of like $80, thinking I was making out like a bandit, uh, including mm. Popful Mail. So I have actually, other than starting it, I didn't get very far in Popful Mail at all until this review as well. So I'm very, very happy that Matt picked this for us. Um, as I mentioned, this came out in 1995 for the Sega CD. However, this was originally put out for the NEC PC-88 computer in Japan by Nihon Falcom, uh, who's the same people that do the Ease games, which I'm massive fans of, but also the Dragon Slayer games. Not Dragon's Lair, Dragon Slayer. Uh, there weren't many of those that came out here. There was a, a TurboGrafx-16 port of one of the Dragon Slayer games, but we know them more for games that were not at all titled Dragon Slayer. Legacy of the Wizard for the Nintendo and... Uh, Faxanadu or Fazanadu, depending on which person tells me the name of the game, uh, was also one of the Dragon Slayer games that we saw here in the U.S., you know, under a different name. So the the Neon Falcon makes games that are more this action RPG. They're not quite turn-based RPGs. They're these, you know, you actually have to push the button to attack. In some of the Ease games, even, they're sideways running and jumping. I mean, this this definitely has... If I would have thought ahead and looked into this game at all, I would have known from the get-go this was not going to be a turn-based RPG. This was Mm -hmm. going to be a kind of a run-gun action game. Um, It was ported to the Sega CD in Japan uh, and put up by Sega and Falcom together as like a joint venture. But when Sega was going to release it here in the U.S., they were going to release this game as Sister Sonic. At least that's what they were calling it in magazines. They were going to take this game and overlay some story about Sonic's sister from space who's doing whatever the quest is that they tie to this game. Uh, and when that was announced, it was I, I found some video game like uh, magazine pages where they mentioned it. Apparently, people were so upset that they weren't just going to release Popful Mail on its own that after receiving a, a ton of hate mail, Sega decided, you know what? We're not going to make S- Sister Sonic right now. Uh, I don't know how far they got in it. doesn't really matter. It was scrapped. And so when this game did show up in the U.S., it came out under Working Designs, who had done the translation and brought it out here more or less in its original form. Uh, I say more or less because Working Designs is notorious now. Uh, at the time, I didn't realize it, but is notorious now for for kind of... Their translations of of games are 
not 100% accurate. A lot of the time they like to add in and make them a little more jokey or add in jokes that they thought were funny and now are seemingly mm. either a little tasteless or dated depending on the game. Mm. There's a bunch of that in here, not tasteless necessarily, but things where you're like, wow, this would have been really funny 30 years ago, or at least I would have understood the reference 30 years ago. Uh, but, but they're all still in here. That said, it doesn't distract from the gameplay itself. The game still plays really well uh, as the original would have, just... You know, keep in mind that some of the voiceovers, some of the jokes they kind of, you know, horned in here may not have been in the original version of the game. Uh, I am not smart enough to have gone through and looked at the Japanese version and compared and contrasted. Uh, but just know that if you play this version, which is hard enough to find anyway, just be aware there's going to be some groaners in there. And that's quite all right. <laughs> and working designs actually went a little bit further in a lot of these games and a little, they're tinkering, let's say of the uh, the mechanics and things like that. Actually, for, for most of the games that they brought over, they ended up making harder than what they were in Japan. And so this one is no different, and we'll get to it, but they have actually uh, made enemies have more health in the US version. They have mm. increased the amount of um, gold that it takes to buy a lot of the items. So you got to do a lot more grinding than what you would in the original Japanese version. So that was another trademark of working designs that, that they had going over a lot of their games. And I wish they didn't because <laughs> we'll mm -hmm. get to it. But one of the one of this game's worst things it's got going for it is the amount of grinding you got to do to get uh, some of the some of the weapons and stuff later on in the game. Yeah, there's there's a serious. Yes, that, that's going to be a hot topic, I believe. Uh, there, there's a serious grind. Uh, but. What I do have to say is that, fuck all, um, this game just pulled me in from the beginning. Uh, I, I did, like I said, I thought this was fucking a top, top down, just like a turn-based thing. So when I see we got some side-scrolling action, we got some damn, we got some anime shit going on. Uh, it's sounding good. It's looking good. Uh, this is one of those that, that instantly, instantly dragged me in. And, you know, and I could, uh, I could see why, like I said, I'd only heard of this game, uh, you know, seen it mentioned like a list and, you know, your must own Sega, you know, I usually click off those top 10 Sega CD articles when I don't see Slam City with Scotty Pippen on it. Uh, but I did see this game a lot, you know, before I clicked off those in a, in a rage and I, right from the beginning, I could say this was a, this little something special. You don't get a, a fully voiced side scroller that often uh so I, this is something i was was pretty impressed with really early on just based on presentation alone like well voiced as well like if you well look voiced. At some, yeah. if you get some of the other games that came out around this time like on cd that you know were first trying to do voice mm -hmm. acting my god was it awful and my graphic cd like was uh, some of the worst and mind you this was even before fucking resident evil and this game got it right yeah, this it ain't bad. Like overall, like bad. they got some some decent voices in here. Like they're not all winners, but the two, the actually the three main characters, for mm. the most part, sound good. They they obviously have some sort of voice acting career, <laughs> so where it's not just you know the guy in the office where like can you come over here and do this for a minute, but like they all sound professional enough. It sounds like anime, so you know it's not, um, it's not amazing writing, but you know they're doing the best they can with it. And the crazy thing is, is like all the dialogue in this game is voiced. Like it's, it's kind of crazy the amount of dialogue that's in this game. You can actually mm -hmm. turn it off in the options menu if you oh. don't want to just sit there and listen to it forever, which I kind of got tired of it after a while. Mm. But 
if you're really wanting to just sit here and, and and go at it and listen to this story, and there's a pretty fucking decent story that that's in this yeah. game. It's all voice acted. Every person you talk, just about. There's there's some minor characters that you know mm-hmm. kind of say a line or two that isn't voiced, but every conversation you have in this game is voice acted. And I'm not talking just like a you know a few sentences. It's yeah. usually going to go on for like two or three or four minutes. Oh, this is a, this is a chatty world. People are very people have a lot to say, um, and and you're going to listen to it. But yeah, like you said, I, I did kind of as enjoyable as it is, and it's not the shit on it. Uh, it is something that you might get tired of a little later on because yes, this game reaches a point to where you want to just power through. Uh, that's not you know it's not necessarily that can come off bad. It's not necessarily. Uh, but there comes a time with this game. We'll talk as you go along. You you, you kind of just the bells and whistles kind of fall away, and you just want to fucking get down to business. Well, the, along with the voice acting, which I'm going to get back to in one second, is you know, mm-hmm. like Jeremy mentioned, there are some really good anime cutscenes. They mm-hmm. are they still look really good today. I mean, they're not mind blowing. You can you know turn on any current JRPG and see better ones, but for the time, this still holds up really well. It's got uh, it's it's drawn really well. It looks really good. The voice acting uh, on those those uh, those cinematics, but also in the game itself, uh, is not as stilted and weird sounding as is in many other games. Like you guys said, it's actually very well done. Um, I don't know if I'd complain, and I don't think I'd want to turn it off. However, I do have a question. If you do turn it off, does that mean that you can just push the button real fast to go through a bunch of talking? Yes. Yeah. Because my mm-hmm. biggest complaint with this game is about the voice acting, but it's not the fault of the voice actors, and it's not not that I don't like it, because I do like that everybody talks, and I think it's pretty interesting, but when you get to a boss, every boss that is... Not every boss. I'd say probably two-thirds of the bosses have a little speech they give you before you have your fight, and that's mm-hmm. all fine and good. But when you fight that boss over and over again, if you're, not, if you're having a problem with it, uh, you cannot skip that. If you're listening to it live and, and you didn't turn off voice acting then, you can't skip that. You can't push a button and have it go any faster. You have to listen to their speech. And like Jeremy said, sometimes it goes like two minutes or so. And I don't know, at least for me, and it's not just for this podcast, but it's for any game. Like I was talking about, I just got uh, Castlevania Lords of Shadow. Uh, if I lose to a boss after like three times, I just want to do it. I, I just like... I furiously go back to that boss. I just want to try it again. Like, I'm going to get through it. I've I've learned what I need to do. I'm ready to go. I've got the pattern down. What I don't want to do is be forced to sit through two minutes of the same speech over Mm. and over and over. So turning that off in the menu would have alleviated that problem. And and it's not a game-breaking problem by any means. But even early on in this game, as as Jeremy mentioned, they kind of tweaked the difficulty in some ways to where... You probably are going to die a handful of times on the first bosses, even some of the, the the early bosses, because the game is much more difficult in this version than the Japanese version. And you're going to have to hear those speeches over and over and over. And uh, it just, it did get to me. I have to say that I liked the voice acting a lot. I was never like, man, I wish I could turn this off. I would never have turned it off in the menu. But if I would have known, well, that means when you get to bosses, you don't have to listen to it. I would have 100% turned it off uh, and and gone back uh, and, and played through some of the parts of this game that were infuriating to listen to those speeches over and over mm. again. Um, the game starts uh, after your, your cutscene. You're introduced to the main character of the game, uh, Popful Male, who is more or less an elf. I don't think they call her an elf, but she looks like an elf, and she's a bounty hunter. Uh, in the beginning of the game, she's trying to capture Nuts Cracker. Every enemy in this game has a terrible name, but in the best possible way. It's like a terribly cheesy, wonderfully bad name, and Nuts Cracker is no different. Uh, she she just, you know, defeats him, and it turns out Nuts Cracker makes, like, 
bombs and he makes robots and all these other things. So he, she, she basically blows up this nutscracker robot and takes his head back into town, hoping she can get any kind of bounty for it. But of course, since he can do that, there's a million copies of his head in town. They don't want it. But she does see a poster for... Uh, a huge bounty for a, an evil wizard named Muttonhead. So the game starts right there, uh, chasing down Muttonhead through the forest kind of nearby this town. Uh, at, at that point, you go into, you know, from the introduction back to a regular kind of side-scrolling, almost Metroidvania-style map. It's not, uh, it's not a big continuous map like a Metroid. But instead, each map is big. You can go back and forth. There are some times where you can unlock, like, secret passages to get from one end of the level to the other, uh, or, you know, get to the top of a level, you can jump down three screens down, like, a, a ravine and get back to, like, the starting point. So it is a map that rotates around itself. You do sometimes yeah. need to get special keys or items to get through other parts of the map. But then the next level will be its own self-contained map, and the next level is its own self-contained map. But you can, at any point when you're on the main map screen, go back to older levels you've already finished. And sometimes there's reasons for that. There's things you can see where, like, oh, if I could jump higher, I could get this chest. And later on, you'll find a way to jump higher with a different character that can jump higher, and you'll go back to those old maps. But also, you know, all those stores that sell items and, and weapons, because you ha it's, a, it's an RPG-esque action game, uh, you can then revisit those in earlier sections if you don't want to fight through a really hard section to get to a store in a later section. So there's reasons to go back and forth, uh, not just to, for convenience, but also to kind of get some of these items and things you couldn't get earlier. Uh, but at the start of the game, you are Popful Mail. It's a Sega CD three-button it's a Sega three-button controller game, so you have an attack button, you have a jump button, and then you have the button that brings up your menu. Uh, if you bring up your menu, it gives you the chance to change your weapon, your armor, and like a, a third item, a bracelet or a ring or whatever. It's, it's, you know, three different items you can get. And as you explore through this game, which is not an incredibly large game, I think there are five overall what I'd say are mm -hmm. worlds to go through each world's broken up into four or five different sections. Um, but, but there's, you know, four or five different weapons, armors, and let's just call the third item a ring just to be consistent um, that you have to find in stores or, or get gifted to you or, or the story will, you know, give you a reason why you have this item at that point. So it is, it's that kind of action game. It's very reminiscent to an ease three style game or fact Xanadu. As I mentioned earlier, it's that kind of action. It's side scrolling. You're, you you know, it's got a larger map to deal with. And as a result, when you're fighting these enemies, it's more like when you fight them in, in a game like, you know, if you don't know those games, something like Zelda 2, right? You have to actually run up, hit the enemy, it'll do some damage to them. It does show you their health bar when you hit them on the bottom of the screen, so you can see, oh, I hit this guy, he has 40 health, now he has 30, so I do 10 each time I hit him or whatever. It helps you know kind of how you're going to have to fight them. Your character also has 100 health, but as you get hit, most things do, like, 20 or more damage. I mean, yeah. almost nothing does, like, one or two damage, except for some traps. Things that I thought would kill me instantly, like falling into spikes... Two damage, mm -hmm. but actually, like walking up and getting hit by a, a goblin, twenty damage out of my hundred. Healing is harder to do in this game than in a lot of games. You don't just get healing items. There are some you get herbs that drop off enemies, but they heal five health, and they don't drop very consistently. Instead, most enemies drop money. Uh, but if they do drop health, great, you get back five points. Otherwise, you've either got to go find a healing item, which there are some hidden in chests in the level, but most of the time you have to buy them at stores. They're fairly expensive for what they are. They're not. Uh, like end game expensive, but you know, if you go out and kill 10 goblins, you're going to earn 100 gold, and then a healing item is 80 gold, right? And a healing item, that healing only heals up 50% of your health. So if you're losing five, you know, 20% of your health every time you get hit by these guys, and you just accidentally get hit by their arrows or spears or whatever, and then you have to, you know, go buy some, some 
healing items to, to heal back there. You're going to spend all your money that you're earning just to stay healthy if you're getting hit at all and not really, really good at the game. Now, most of the enemies do have fairly easy-to-dodge attacks, fairly easily um, telegraphed attacks, so, you know, you're not totally getting screwed here. But there are some that have attacks that are a little difficult to, to avoid, um, especially later on in the game. They have some that if they if they do hit you, it kind of chain hit you four or five times and you're in a lot of trouble. Uh, the other way you can heal is if you go to most stores, they will heal you as well. Uh, that doesn't take that much money, but still, it's a it's a chunk of money that's kind of hard to earn. As Jerry mentioned, they, they've made it so, I don't know if they made it so enemies drop less money or everything costs more money, but it seems like you're going to be doing a lot of money grinding, even in the early stages of this game, to make sure when you go to a town, if they sell an armor mm -hmm. or a sword or whatever, that you get those items. Otherwise, you're going to be way underleveled and underclassed for the next area. Yeah, and you find usually in games, and the game is nothing like it um, at all, but just uh, we, we, were, uh, we started playing Borderlands 3 again. We don't need to mention that game much more on this podcast. I know. But, um, I, and I was talking about, you know, those Borderlands games, you, your money is such an issue early on, but I feel like it's not like as you go and, and eventually you have more of it and you know what to do with. And I find that's the case with most games, you know, any game where you're having to collect a little money, you're struggling, you're struggling, you're struggling, you know, early on, but then financially you turn out all right. This game is a little bit more like real life. You just, you just struggle and, and it never ends. It never ends. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 there's a lot of money grinding in this game. There's a lot of it. Uh, and, and you also said, you're talking about healing on here. This is, this is one of the fucking harder games to get back to full health on, uh, just based on drops and things like that. And, and enemies do hit hard and they hit often. And some bosses as, as we go through the bosses, we'll talk about them. Some of them hit the goddamn hardest of all. Uh, but still it, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those games where I'm still, I'm playing through, I'm about an hour in, I'm playing through and, and there's nothing that's, that's too grievous, a, a complaint that I'm, that I'm really being taken out of it. I, I am liking, as you're talking earlier, kind of level layout. I, I, I like that you can go back and explore earlier parts of level. I, I, I do like, ah, uh, thank God that it's not a, a Metroidvania type i do love those but i've played a lot of those lately um so 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 one less is good it, it, it reminds me of more organized sonic levels it's kind of how it feels to me uh, it's it's kind of the same you know there's there's several like layers to it like you can you can drop down two or three levels like in those sonics you, you never knew how far you could fucking drop down my only complaint would be that uh navigating is made a little tough because i feel like this is one of those that's zoomed in just a little too much, and it zoomed in right kind of in the middle. So I feel like I can't see much to my sides. I definitely can't see what's beneath me. There, this is this is one of those games where there's some blind jumps, there's some blind falls, uh, and that's that was maybe the first thing that was starting to get to me a little bit. Uh, I just pull it back, just just man, just pull it back just a little bit, and we'd be okay. Yeah, this is definitely one of those games where like a lot of those old JRPGs, like any fight that you can get into, you got to, like, you can't skip mm -hmm. it. You know, for them mm -hmm. it's XP and for this it's gold and you need mm -hmm. that gold. And there's, <laughs> if you don't get it, you're going to find yourself basically stuck. You're not going to be able to progress with, you know, unless you're one of these crazy speedrunners that's figured out how to get through the game without yeah. hitting an enemy or something like that. 
But if you're just playing it like a, an actual real person, you've, you've got to get this stuff. And it's unfortunate that working designs kind of meddled with that. I don't know if they were trying to extend the length of the game because it's not a super long game, but I don't think it needs to be. You know, it's it's not a 40-hour JRPG. I think, you know, if you just play this through and you mm -hmm. didn't have to grind, you could probably beat it in five or six hours oh, if, yeah. you, if you didn't have too much trouble with the bosses. But, like, as it is, like, they, it gets to a point, especially, like, in the third, like, the, um, the mines or whatever, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. it gets really bad then when you've really got to start grinding. Even if you're killing every enemy, you're going to hit a point where... Yeah that ain't good enough you got to find you a grind mm -hmm. spot and you just go back and forth and that's all you can really do but uh, you know it if it wasn't so damn fun to play <laughs> yeah yeah it just it, it, like you said it makes the best fucking first impression and yeah, it's it's, I, it's so it's all propped up on charm the whole yeah, it gets so many points off charm the the story itself i know a lot of people have issues with working designs and their translations now like jeremy mm -hmm. said we didn't know back in the day just how much working designs was screwing around with these translations uh we do now and there's a good chunk of these games that they translated where they have really changed almost the whole narrative of how this game should actually feel you know and they've really went with like jeremy said the the more comedic feel or, you know, just the way that everyone talks. A lot of in-jokes, a lot of stuff like that. Really lightens the mood. And a lot of games that shouldn't have, you know, moods like that where when they mm. do it. This one is completely different. I think the translation they did here, even if it's got, you know, those uh, those odd moments that just don't really fit these days, it's still really good. You know, it's yeah. a, it's a kind of a comedic game anyway. It's kind of got like a Trigun feel to it with the yeah. bounty, hunter, bounty Hunter stuff. And um, it's, 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 it just works. And one thing I will say, I can't believe I'm saying this. It's got really good music. And it's not Hell because yeah. it's a Sega CD game. This music is being done by the Genesis it's, itself. So uh, they, they did a really good job with the sound in this one. Of course, the, the voice and stuff like that is coming from the CD. But the actual music mm -hmm. itself mm -hmm. is from the Genesis sound chip. You know, the music is great. I, I mean, it, it's it's catchy. It's poppy. It's it's the. I mean, it it fits this kind of, you know, jokey ish. Uh, Trigon's a good a good example of kind of how it feels. You know, it's like there are serious moments, but not that serious. Uh, but everyone's got you know over the top, especially like Mail herself when she's trying. Whenever she's like talking about money, she like does the drooling thing and gets all focused mm -hmm. on our guys get all all uh, twirly or whatever. So she's talking. Oh, I can't believe the money that's coming. You know, so it's. It's that kind of feel to it. It's it does have a great first impression. I did. I didn't even mind. Honestly, I didn't even mind the grinding. My complaint with the grinding for money is, you know, you mentioned find a grinding spot. You go back and forth. It's not like a grinding spot where enemies respawn immediately. You know, you can find yeah. a game. Um, you know, we covered Keith Courage and Alpha Zones, which does not play like this game at all. But it was another game we had to grind for for money at certain points. And in that game, if you could get you know get to the exact right spot in the screen, you could make an enemy. You know. Zone in immediately as soon as you kill it, another one spawns. You kill it, another one spawns. You kill it, another one spawns. So you can just sit there and hold down the turbo button uh, with a rubber band and walk away and come back with all this money. So it doesn't have that ability. Instead, you have to like kill these guys, which are sometimes can be, I don't want to say difficult fights, but if you make a mistake, it's very penalizing to you. And then you've got to mm -hmm. walk far enough away 
to come back in and they respawn. So what I end up having to do for any grinding spot generally is find a guy that spawns near enough a ladder or an entrance to a room where I would leave the screen and come back. That was way faster than actually walking back and forth. Uh, the other thing you can do, and, and I know you just mentioned the mines, so there, there are five kind of worlds in the game. The third world you go to is the mines. And in the mines... One of the earliest quests you have to do, because this is a, a JRPG-style game, so along with your main mission of going through this, you know, the path of the game and fighting bosses and getting new weapons and armor, but you'll also find kind of these, these quests you have to do, sometimes to make the story go along, sometimes just to gain extra items. But one of the... In the mines, you have some quests you have to do to continue the story and, and kind of unlock other parts of the mines. And one of those is a guy asks you for, like, a whole bunch of gold bullion, and you find them in boxes. Now, if you go to the shop, when you have those gold bullion boxes, you can sell those for like 2,000 gold a piece or something. If you don't turn in the quest to give him the boxes of bullion, there are specific enemies. It's these two mummies that will drop chests over and over again. Mm. So you can just go there, kill the mummies, farm those chests, go back, sell them to the shop over and over again, then go back and farm the mummies until you turn this quest in, and you can get like... 90,000 gold, or some amount of gold you'd never need to farm again, but that's a long farm process. You've got to go there, kill these guys, get the get the, the chests. When you sell them to the store, you can only sell them one at a time. You can't bulk sell, so you're like, I would like to sell this chest. And of course, you get the little speech then, and you sell the chest. And then you do it again. What do you like to do next? I'd like to sell a chest, and you get the little speech. Uh, thankfully, the storekeepers do not have actual speech it's just you know on the screen text which is good otherwise that would get very old very quickly so there are some spots that i don't know if it's intentional or not but you can kind of farm early on and and avoid doing it later but i didn't have the patience for that i got probably enough to buy everything i needed that way from that current yeah. shop and then i was like i'm gonna move on hoping i could find another farm spot that's easily the best farm spot in the game i should have spent more time there instead i did a whole bunch of farming in the, the you know the next area is like an ice area which is pretty annoying but all ice areas are and i had to do a bunch of farming there to get the next series of of weapons because in another really cool thing this game does that i i, I like immensely is so you start the game as powerful male and you meet other people in town you meet this guy slick who seems to always be in trouble he's definitely supposed to be like a comedic foil in the game um but you also meet this other wizard who was Muttonhead's apprentice named Tat. And at first you meet Tat and he kind of is like, oh yeah, Muttonhead up there, but I couldn't fight this boss that he put in the way and you fight him or whatever. And, and eventually he will join you. And that means that you can switch at any moment to Tat, the wizard character, who has a completely different set of abilities and weapons that you do as mm -hmm. male. So, you know, Puffle Male gets a sword. She also gets like a boomerang. She gets some other ranged items, but then none of them are great. Her, her ranged items are just okay. A dagger, I think a boomerang. But most times she uses swords. Her more, more powerful weapons is a sword that like shoots a beam forward a little bit. But still, it's, it's definitely... A more focused weapon. Um, Tat, on the other hand, has a whole bunch of spells. Some of them home in. Some of them you can angle up and down while he fires them. They Some of them do more damage to certain enemy types. And it means you can play as Tat. He normally takes more damage than Male does because he's not in armor. But you can fire from him from far away. And, you know, it, it. the other thing I really like is once you get Tat and then later on you get a third character that joins you... Um, they all have their own separate life bars. So if you're playing as male and you get hit a bunch and you're down to 10 health, you can immediately switch to Tat, or the third character you earn is this dragon character named Gaw, who's from the race of Gaw, who only says Gaw along with their sentences, kind of like Smurf. And you can switch between all three of them. They all have their own health bar, and they all have their own 
um, you know, their own items and own attacks. So they, they, they actually have a reason to switch to them as well as just needing to stay surviving. But you also, you mm -hmm. know, Gaw jumps way higher. And Mail runs really fast. She can yeah. jump over farther things than Gaw or Tat. And Tat, again, mm -hmm. has weapons that fire, and you can actually angle them and aim them so you can shoot things that are on a platform above you or below you. Like, the three characters you can get in this are easily the coolest thing in the game, and you don't earn Gaw until... I'd say about halfway through the game, the third character. Uh, the, but you get Tat fairly early. So up until the point where I got Tat, when I got my second character, I thought this was incredibly difficult because Mail only has the one health bar. I was going through healing items constantly. I had to keep going back and buying more fruit so that I could fight these bosses because the bosses in the game, while they aren't incredibly difficult, because kind of like Billy said, the, the screen is zoomed in a little more than it, I think it should mm -hmm. be. It should be out maybe... Not even twice as far, just just like another 25% or so. Um, it means that a lot of bosses, they'll be attacking you from right off the screen. Or, or if you don't have them, you know, know exactly where they are off screen and can fire ahead of time, you know, you're going to have to get too close. And then they're going to run across the screen really quickly or whatever it is their attack is and do damage to you. And, and in some cases, not only is it, you know, 40 or 50 points of damage out of your 100, but sometimes these bosses, uh, there's one early on that kind of charges you uh, across the yeah. screen really quickly. If he hits you once, he's going to hit you two or three times, each time doing mm -hmm. that chunk of damage. And unless you have a bunch of fruit in your inventory that you can use to heal, because thankfully you can pause the game to heal, you know, you're going to die. And even though this game is very forgiving with saves, I'll give it that, in the, the standard version, even if you're not playing it on some sort of weird emulator, the standard version you can save in every room you go into. And it'll start you right at the start of that room. And that's an, that includes boss fights. So you can save right at the start of that boss fight. You do have to hear the speech every time, but then you can fight that boss over and over again. Um, the downside of that save system is also that sometimes you can save in a place that you're totally not wanting to be. And if you die, yeah. it's not like you go back to town. You go back to your last save. So... Uh, there are places where I, I had to essentially, you know, go through a room, save, go through a room, save just to get back to town to buy, you know, to heal and buy healing items. Cause I ran out of healing items as far as I could possibly be from, from anywhere else. And then mm -hmm. had a boss coming up where I had 10 health. Like it, it is, it is forgiving and you do have multiple safe spots, but it is also very difficult. Uh, if you do not manage those safe spots, well, that said, uh, once I got my second character, I felt like having that second health bar and knowing that I had kind of an up close oh, fighter yeah. and a faraway fighter immediately made the game less daunting. But for the very beginning, I was like, man, this game starts off and it's punching me in the mouth for these first few bosses. Mm -hmm. But I love how um, it, it, it's not one of those where you're presented with three characters and, you know, you just, you fall, you fall into your favorite, right? And you just use them throughout the same, throughout the game because they're all the same. Uh, they do a, a great job here of just really slight, balance you know just a really slight balance here and there of different things like you know popful is uh you know de definitely gets around the best uh I, I you know great jump speed uh but that you know her attack is <laughs> they got to be right up on you so you know you've got your you've got your ranged attack then uh but at that you give up a little bit of a little bit of jump you give up a little bit of speed and you know you've got the your third character you pick up tremendous jump great attack but he's not very fast so it's it, it it does a great job of making you kind of strategically pick your your characters or, or where to swap as you're as you're going along. And yeah, that that was a big boost uh, when when you find out uh, and very gracious that there's not a shared life bar, right? Because that's usually the trick they'll pull on you. Uh, but yeah, it, it it really kind of opened the game up for me a little bit, and some things I was finding. Uh, a little daunting, all of a sudden weren't as much so. Yeah, but I, I, I love just how subtle 
the little differences in the characters are, but it goes a long way as you're playing through these levels and, and you kind of find out uh, what character you prefer uh, as far as traversing different parts of the game. I got tat and I was good to go. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> having that little, you know, wand shoot out and stuff like that. Uh, and even finding that I thought when I started shooting, I was like, oh no, I'm going to have to find like, you know, magic power or something to rebuild this. But mm-hmm. no, it automatically, it recharges after a second and it actually recharges fairly quickly. I stuck with him for most of the game, especially mm. for bosses. Uh, until later on when I got what Gar, Gar, whatever his name is. Gaw. Uh, I hated him at first. Like his little, you know, spiky fist hit was, yeah. Yeah. was not doing it for me. Uh, and he was big and fat and slow, but he had his double jump. But even then, I was just kind of using him to to jump to higher areas. But once I got to the point where I upgraded his attack to like his mm-hmm. his fire breath and and stuff like that, then I started using him more than Tat. And then I was just kind of using the the other characters as kind of like backups, you know, whenever I needed yeah. them in certain situations. And the game, it's just a stroke of genius that it lets you just change the characters right then. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's nothing that the game like punishes you for doing it or anything like that. You don't have to, uh, you know, beat a level and then change a character. It's just like you pull it up, you change it, it's done. And it's it's just it's perfect. It's one of my favorite things about any games that has multiple characters like this. If you start gating them in certain situations where I have to do something to use them or I lose something when I want to use them, then that pisses me off. But yeah. this is this does it perfect. And I, I, I loved using all of the characters. Like eventually you, like it's weird. It's neat how they change over the course of the game with what weapons you can get for them. Like, uh, you know, melee, you can get that little boomerang, which gives her a, a kind of projectile attack. It's not great, but it comes back to you and it's, it's fun, but it, it's just, they do a lot with all the characters. They're not just little one note things that, that you get. And that's how they are for the rest of the game. Uh, depending on what you buy from the weapons, it, it can drastically change them. The other thing that's really cool with all those characters have different um, conversations in front of the bosses and different conversations in town. Mm-hmm. So depending on who you're fighting a boss with, up to the very end, I think it, it it's at the very end, they actually do have a gated section where you have to do one section of the one whole level with, you know, male one level with yeah. with Gaul, one level with uh, with with Tat. But that all makes sense with the story. Like, that there doesn't bother me. It's the very, very end of the game. But other than that, like, if you can, you can go to any boss, you can beat a boss with anybody, but the speech you get before the bosses is different depending on who you are. Um, they all kind of, you know, like, Gaul was, was my main character. You know, you said you used Tat for most of the game. For me, as soon as I got Gaul, and, and I didn't even wait for his, his other thing, I was like, oh, I'll use his fire move. I like the fact that he jumps higher. That I like, anyhow I can double jump, I'm going to get a character that can jump higher, I'm done. Like, that's who I'm going to use. And, just every time you get to a, a boss and stuff, like it would give his little speech where sometimes, especially at the beginning, he's like, I don't really know why I'm here, but I'm ready to fight you because I was told I'm supposed to. And you're like, well, that's cool. <laughs> they actually added like a story that if you're playing with Tat or Mail, there's actually like a speech there that involves like, hey, we've been chasing you for miles or whatever. And for him, it was just like, I'm I'm here because I should be and I want to make Mail proud of me or something like that. Like, it's all like, this is cool. Like the every boss has a different speech slightly. It, it all it always ends the same, a fight, but it still has a different recorded message with each person. It's not even like the boss message is the same and your character responds differently. It's different depending on which character you are, which is pretty cool. And the stores are the same way. You go to the store with Tat or Mail, um, especially 
the first town you go into, if you go back into with pattern, you know, with mail, they're like, oh, welcome back, because you're the only person they would have seen. They wouldn't have met Tat. They wouldn't have met Gaul. And if you go into some of these stores with Gaul, they're like, ah, oh, it's a monster. <laughs> In other towns, they don't care as much about that at all, especially after you've been there. So I was very impressed with just the amount of recorded and, and uh, text changes depending on which character you are but uh, not only can you change anytime you want meaning in the middle of a level whatever you can change the middle of a boss fight which is awesome fighting a boss mm -hmm. you really are not doing very well not only do you have these other health bars but some bosses are going to do much better against uh or, or much worse against gall with a flame breath as opposed to tat with a you know smoke weapon or whatever it is they have like it's it's really neat that you can change it i think that is my favorite part of the game that you can change them all but also just all those little touches like i wanted to go back i wanted to save it for each boss and go back and listen to each one's speech uh in theory i wasn't going to do that once i got annoyed by how having to listen to it over <laughs> and over again but i like the idea of it and for the most part uh, like we said, all those voices are done very well. So even when you had got annoyed by it, it wasn't bad. Uh, there are a few exceptions. Uh, there is a, uh, a character named Sven T. Uncommon who talks like the pump you up guys from Saturday Night Live, which are sort of like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but that, that <laughs> over the top Arnold Jesus. that was only the pump you up yeah, guys, yeah. whose name I can't remember right now, and I'm not going to Google it. So good. <laughs> Everyone knows who I mean. But it was like that. And that character has a bunch of appearances and a bunch of speeches, and they're all different depending on who you are. Like, that's really, really cool. Oh, my. Who are you? I'm your worst nightmare. Your scariest dream. Your sexiest enemy. I'm the master of all I survey. Cower in fear before my fearsome manliness. Get real. Do you think I'm going to fall for your steroid-induced threats? Forget it, muscles. Listen to me now and fear me pretty soon. I am no kindergarten cop. The sissy man Fernandio could not teach you a lesson, so I have come to terminate you. I am the predator and you are my prey. This little skirmish will be your last action, hero person. It's judgment day. I'm beginning to get the picture now. So yeah, if, you know, other than having to get through those those specific characters who <laughs> might be a little irritating, especially if you're dying over and over again, uh, as Sven is one of the harder bosses for me. Um, generally, this game, you know, the levels themselves, even though they can be a little difficult because you can save at every screen if you need to, and because you can grind and save some money up and you have these screaming health bars, I didn't have a lot of problems getting through most of the levels up to the very end. But those boss fights, there are some of the boss fights in this game specifically where, you know... Yes, I could I could die to them to learn them over and over and over again. But otherwise, I felt like it was just a battle of attrition, like trying to do a couple hits of damage before I take three hits of damage and then having to use a fruit, making sure I had eight bananas in my inventory so I could heal. Mm. Like, yes, I know that means I wasn't getting good at the game. I, I completely acknowledge that. But there were still some bosses, even after I was getting good at the game, going back and playing through what I've already finished, kind of, there were still some bosses that I just... I You get hit once, and it's like a chain of hits, and it's very difficult. Yeah. I mean... I don't know, were there parts in the levels you guys found extremely difficult? Like, the ice level was difficult to get used to the footing, but that's every ice level. But otherwise, I didn't think the levels were overly difficult. No, I, I you know, it's, it's, it's the weirdest thing. It's like the game on a whole, I would say, is not overly difficult. But it just, at random, decides that, you know, it's, 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 it's time. It's its fucking time. I liken it to old wrestling games where you can hit move after move, but when the computer wants to fucking take over and have its turn, it's going to fucking have its turn. I feel like it's the same. It's just you, you're you're going along and doing great, but then when this thing wants to spike, it fucking spikes. 
and it's tough all of a sudden. And sometimes it's brief. Uh, it's it's it has one of these stranger difficulty, not curve, but but dips, bounces. Uh, it, difficulty is kind of all over the place, and it's kind of really at random. Yeah, it's it's just a, a weird. I don't know if it's because of of working design, screwing with things. Like I said, I know they have messed with you know how much damage it takes for you to kill enemies, but I don't know if they changed like how much damage you take at times with some attacks. But it kind of seems weird. Like at certain times, like you'll be taking normal damage, but like Jeremy said earlier, then you'll suddenly take a lot more damage than what you were doing a few minutes ago, and. And it, it just really depends kind of where you are or for a certain point in the game. And it'll hit, like Billy said, and then it'll kind of come back down. And it's it's not just the bosses. It's as you go throughout some of the stages and just certain points in that stage where it seems like it is, it's just strangely balanced for some reason. So, like I said, I don't know if it, if it was working design screwing with it or what, but that's really about the only thing that I noticed while I was playing it is just those those weird difficulty spikes where I would have to, to redo a section several times just because of, of how it was. Well, knowing that it's Falcom, I mean, Ease as a whole has kind of this deal where you'll be going fine and all of a sudden you get to an area and you're barely doing any damage and you're taking a ton of damage. But in the Ease games, you're supposed to level. It, not not as much grinding too much in some of the later games, but there was still leveling and grinding. And with ease, it was like level four, you're barely doing any damage. Level five, you feel like you're doing a little more damage. Then at level six, all of a sudden, you're smoking these guys in two hits. Like the level, the leveling and ease is very, it's very determining. The level you are in ease determines how well you're going to do in that section. Popful mm. Mail, even though it has some RPG elements, does not have leveling. It's got money that you gain, but it's not like you can get to a battle and be like, oh, unless you intentionally didn't buy stuff from a store, it's not like you have 200 armors and 200 swords. There's like six of each, five or six, and you're, you know, you know clear and cut, I have this far in the game, I have this I, this armor. I'm going to wear it. Like, I have the best armor for the area, I'm going to wear it. There's no reason not to have the best armor and the best, you know, ring item on. Weapons, sure, there are some times where you might want to change back to a slightly older weapon if the range on it is different or if this one you can aim up or down. But generally, you still want to use the most current weapon as well, especially by the end of the game when you kind of have a clear cut, like, these are gifts. These are the best weapons in the game. You should use them to fight the last boss. And so you just have to get used to using those. But it's not a matter of, like, oh, I can go out and just grind to get some more levels. Like, that's not how this game is. You, The difficulty spikes are there, and I don't know what you could do to avoid them. Uh, again, other than, than getting better at the game... But I think there is a lot of that that is done, you know, was done in the translation and in the, in the localization for the U.S. Because um, I can't imagine that that some of these spikes were in there the whole way. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I've never played the Japanese version, but um, that's definitely an issue in the game. So did, I know, Billy, you said you're, you're only a couple hours into it, which is not a all year long game. It's a five-hour game. Um, did you finish this game, Jeremy? I did not. Uh, I am most of the way through it, though. Uh, I think I'm on the next to the last uh, area or whatever world map section but i i'm gonna keep going through it because i genuinely actually like playing this game i can't say that for many games we play on this podcast <laughs> but, but I, I i had a lot of fun playing this one like it's just one of those games that that fits me perfectly and mm -hmm. by god if i had played this when i was a kid it would probably been, been one of my favorite all time oh and the same and this is also yes mark it down uh, I, I will also be going through to finish this one up as well. Uh, very enjoyable. This was a real 
breath of fresh air, but I mean, what am I expecting? It was on the fucking Sega CD, right? The mark of excellence in gaming. And I, I don't think we've done a bad Sega CD game on here. Um, you know, between this and Mansion of Hidden Souls, that's two of the best games we've reviewed on this show. Well, I also didn't finish it. I'm at the last area. I'm at the last set of maps. The last set of maps are definitely more maze-like, and I made the mistake I talked about earlier where I've saved in a spot where all my characters have like six Ooh. health left, and I've got to go back to find healing items going back to the main map. Mm-hmm. I am slowly making my way there, but it's like every time I make a little bit of progress, I make a mistake and have to go back to the screen I saved at, and I'll get through it eventually, but I just ran out of patience slash time for this podcast to finish it. So I will warn you, if you're going to the last area you can see on the map make sure you got some healing items (laughs) before you go too deep in there or you're going to get stuck in the same spot i am uh, having to go all the way back every time uh to 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 a screen by screen saving to escape this dungeon so that i can get myself some more health but either way i'm having a good time doing it not a complaint and if i had this as a kid i would gladly have done that and felt good about it like oh man i figured Mm -hmm. out how to cheese this game and get to the you know get Mm -hmm. through this back to the, the front to get more fruit to heal myself uh it's it is totally enjoyable i i Cannot recommend this one enough. Uh, I will say, this is a hard one to get uh, your hands on. It's an expensive game. I don't think it had a massive run. It came out, again, on the Sega CD, which already didn't have a huge bit of market share uh, in the year, the same year that the PlayStation and Saturn came out. So it is it is a, a, a short supply game. If you are going to get the Sega, what's it called? The Sega Mega Drive 2, the Japanese version. It is on the Japanese version of the Mega Drive 2 that's coming out in a few months. It is not on the European or U.S. version. At all, probably because of the localization and and Sega not owning it like they did in Japan. So, you know, I I can't say you won't enjoy the Japanese version. Uh, There is a lot of talking. And if it's in Japanese, good luck. Uh, (laughs) Because it's not written out on the screen as well. So you're just going to have to go with it. But you don't need the story to understand what to do. It's, It's a pretty cut and dry as long as you're willing to explore, you will find what you need uh, to move on to the next game. But this is an excellent choice, and I thank you again, Matt, for recommending it. And if you want to recommend a game to us, you can always do that at our Patreon, which the link is in the description of the podcast, or at Retrovania.net. So that's our thoughts on Popful Mail. Thank you again, Matt, for recommending it to us. And as I just mentioned, if you want to make us cover your game, the best way to do that is to join our Patreon. Uh, you also get three bonus episodes a month right now. If you join now, you get all the old episodes we've already done on this Patreon, all for you right now. So if you've gone through all our episodes and you're like, God, I wish there were some more, there's like 50 or 60 more right now you can get today by going to our Patreon. Mm-hmm. Again, it's always in the description of the episode, but also you can go to Retrovania.net and it's there along with links to our social media, along with links to our YouTube channel, but also at the very bottom, there is a question oh, form and you can fill anything out. You, you can fill out any question in your mind in that question form, and most likely we're going to answer them on the show like we're going to do right now. Unfortunately, and first up is K. Illy Smoliday. We're not even hey, trying like, anymore. Hey, hey, man. I like that. Uh, and uh, yeah. he's, he's writing in about Sonic, but not the Hedgehog. When going to Sonic or any similar drive-up restaurant, do you tip your food runner? I didn't think fuck? you were yeah, I didn't think you were supposed to, but a friend of mine who used to work there stated tips were the only reason she stayed there for any length of time. They get 
They get paid a regular wage and there's no option to tip when paying by card, so I didn't think it was expected, but evidently it is. So do you tip at Sonic and or are you going to start now that you've thought about it? <laughs> so do you tip at Sonic and or are you going to start now that you've thought about it for the first time? Also, bonus question, do you tip at the grocery store? What? Kay, what are you talking about? Do you tip at the grocery store? Man, they... fucking, you can't, you can't fucking hide money, can you? Tip it <laughs> well, all over town. Oh, this gets, okay, this makes a little bit more sense. I just about fucking had a fit right then when I read that. Do you tip at the <laughs> grocery store when they take your cart to your car and load it for you? I used uh, who, to. Who does that? I can, maybe for like ordering online or something. I know a friend oh, who does that. Uh. I used to, but the place I go to specifically puts up signs telling you not to do so, and then they can get in trouble for accepting them, which I think is bullshit. If it's a kid, I'll slip them a couple of bucks and say, if you tell anyone about this, I'll fuck you up, and they quietly accept. So do you guys just tip everyone? Uh, I mean, I don't ah, just damn. tip everyone. I, first off, Sonic, I don't like Sonic. I've been there, my kids like Sonic, but every time I've gone there, I've been unimpressed thoroughly with Sonic. So I have not yeah. tipped there. Uh, not not their fault that their food is not very good. But uh, no, the other, also the one that's the only one that's buying, there's one, I don't, I want to say they, maybe they do have, the runner's just someone that's inside that just walks it out to you. Like they don't, I thought in some of them they come out in like roller skates and stuff. Nothing at this one. There's just a guy that walks out, gives it to you angrily and walks away. Um, as far as the grocery store, I, you know, I, when I was first looking for a job when I was 16, not like recently, well, you know, I was, when I was old enough to work. The only thing that was hiring until you were 16 by me was at the military exchange grocery store. You could be a bagger there and you only got paid in tips. There was no hourly rate because it was on a military base. I guess they didn't have to follow labor laws. So you'd work there for tips for people. You'd bag up their groceries and you'd take them to their car. And theoretically, you'd get tipped. And thankfully, I did not get that job. I would not have done very well at it. Uh, the one time I didn't get tipped, the first time I would have walked out. So... Uh, yeah, I, I I do not tip at the grocery store, but I can't tell you the last time I've had somebody actually attempt to, to help carry anything out. Uh, in fact, most grocery stores at this point, don't you just walk up to the self-checkout because there's one lane that's not a self-checkout at this point? That's not a complaint as an old person. I like that setup. I think that's great. That's all. I'm all for that. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying there has not been somebody that's even attempted to bag my groceries in the last five years. No, um, man, god damn. Arcade business is going fucking good. Kay can just fucking tip every goddamn body. Ugh, getting them quarters out of the fucking machines when he gets them. I guess is this K? Is this is this RK? This is RK. All right, god damn, I should be nicer to this guy. But um, he didn't tip us for letting him get on here. What the fuck? But no, I, I my local Sonic is not gonna get a tip because my local Sonic is a fucking catastrophe. Every time I go there, and I never yeah. go there from I never go there for myself. Sonic's I'm not horrible. It is. I'm not going to tip somebody for giving me the shits an hour later. <laughs> You're not. That's not. That's. I'm not going to give you five bucks for fucking. You know what you're going to put me through. Um. No, I just. I don't know if it's. My, I, well, I'm glad to hear that because my Sonic is just. It's slow. Everybody is fucking miserable. And and everything is uh, all the ice cream is it, it's it's a little bit melted, and all the food is just just a little extra greasy. Nothing is quite right there. Uh, something's wrong, just a little bit. There, even when you pull in there, it just it feels wrong. So no, I I'm not going to be tipping at the Sonic. I don't I didn't and I was always under the impression you weren't allowed to or they weren't allowed to accept. It. Um, so I mean that's you know I think I. It, even if I got stellar 
fast food service. I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't have out of the idea that it's going to be this awkward exchange where I try to tip this person and, and they can't take it and maybe they do take it and then they get caught and, and what then? So I don't know. I, no, I didn't. And, you know, as far as the people that load the, the I, I can maybe see that, especially you're going to drag some fucker out in the heat or out in the damn cold or God forbid out in the rain. I'd probably tip big if it was a raining. But, uh, but also, I I don't know. I, I I like my I like my trunk loaded a certain way. Um, so the times I have done that, I've actually just gotten out of the car and and assisted, or just or just like I'll do it. Yeah, you know, I, I got it. Thank you for bringing it out to me because I just don't want to go into the store. I still like loading shit up, you know. And you got to put the colds in a certain spot. Colds got to be up front so the colds can go in the house first, get put up. <sighs> One time I had somebody do that. I got squished fucking bread. So I was like, ah, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to a lot of people in the way they damn load a damn load groceries. This could go on for a long time. So I'm going to stop. <laughs> I don't, I, I, I wouldn't, you know, if they, they have to put um, a lot of effort into it, then sure. But if you're just bringing the cart out there, I would take it from them and be like, I'm going to load this myself because I'm like you, I got certain spots in my car where I want certain things to go Yeah. because, yeah. you know, I don't want to come home to a box that's been smashed or something like that. Yeah. And, and but, I don't want to be that, I don't want to be that asshole to saying, Hey, can you put this here? Can you put that there? I, I don't want to be that person. I'd rather, you know, I don't mind getting my hands dirty. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I would rather give my tip to the person that, did the order that got the order you know if they did well and got mm. everything i wanted and did it right that's who i would want to give my tip to instead of the guy who's walking 10 feet from the door with my cart and then back in uh, so sometimes you don't get to choose who you want to give the tip to and uh sonic i just stopped going fucking sonic because as a kid like i liked sonic but at some point it has become the worst fast food restaurant that yeah. I have ever been to. And that's counting White Castle as well. And rallies. I would rather go to fucking rallies. <laughs> or, or checkers. Whatever they call it. Anywhere else but India. Oh checkers. I would rather checkers. go there. Oh, I, like I, drove by, I drove by a checkers yesterday. Checkers Did they still bad. do the thing where they ha take your burger and they show you as a spoon grease on top of it? Do they still do that? <laughs> I mean, you get to see that as soon as they put it out the window because it's, you know, it's a transparent bag immediately. Uh, it's, <laughs> it is as bad as, as you can remember. And, and I'll say one thing about rallies or checkers. <laughs> it has always been that bad, but it is, uh, it, it, it stays consistent. I'll give it yeah, that much. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's, it's awful. It's always been awful, but it's never gotten any worse. There's something yeah. to be said for that. I think that I think that's probably what we've leaned in on on this podcast. <laughs> I was going to say that's, that's our new slogan. <laughs> it's bad. Hey, it's fucking <laughs> awful, but it won't. We guarantee you, it won't get any worse. <laughs> Don't speak too soon. <laughs> it's Wait really for this good. Next question. <laughs> but no, yeah, I, don't, the, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Really podcast was great. Much. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it was those... great until Billy and Jeremy spent a half hour talking about where they like the fucking frozen <laughs> items. <Yeah. in> <laughs> if I got some poor guy carrying out 57 cans of fucking Chef Boyardee, I'm going to give him five bucks, but usually that's not the case. So, 
can he can live without my two dollars. I'm sorry. I don't tip everyone. I'm one of those old guys that doesn't. <laughs> I'm not. My grandpa used to be the worst. We would go anywhere, anywhere to restaurants, nice places. You know, back then you spend like 30, 40 bucks on a meal, meal, mm-hmm. $2 tip every fucking time. It didn't matter yeah. where we went, what we got, yeah. $2 tip. Mm. And so I have tried not to be that as, as I'm older. And I do give good tips when it is, you know, when, when I should, but I don't feel like I should be, be throwing out fucking money for people doing their job. So maybe I just sound like an asshole. I don't know. Let me find the next question. (laughs) (laughs) You fuckers brought up tipping and Sonic in one goddamn email, and you've triggered the fuck out of me. I can't stand either. Hey, rallies. Fucking rally. Yeah, it's it's on now. All right, whoever's got the next fucking question is going to feel it. All right, you fucker, Dave Cook. What do you want? Oh, wait. This is about Ninja Baseball Batman Revival. I probably should have been nicer to this guy. He's got a Kickstarter. Hi, good afternoon, folks. My name's Dave Cook. I'm a comic book author out of Scotland. I'm currently working with a former Irem designer, Drew Maniscalco. I think that's how it, Drew Maniscalco, yeah. On an official comic series that reboots his 1993 arcade beat-em-up, Ninja Baseball Batman. I'm currently funding on a Kickstarter, so I wanted to see if you'd be up for covering the project or interviewing Drew and the comic team on the show. You can get artwork, plot details, and more info. Blah, blah, blah. There's a link here. Maybe Jeremy can post it on our social stuff. Many thanks, folks, and have all... Uh, many thanks, folks, and all of the best, Dave. Now, for anyone hey, that... Um, look, at, look how nice this guy is, and you start off, hey, you fucker. <laughs> well... <laughs> We don't proofread these sometimes, so <laughs> sorry, Dave. But uh, if you don't know Ninja Baseball Batman, that is just an old school arcade beat em up. Yeah. It was never ported to any home consoles, but it's oh, a I, really, really weird and cool arcade I, game. I did a write up on that back in the day. Yeah, you uh, did. Yeah, it was it was really really fucking cool. Um, I I it, that was when I was having like side scroll beat him up fucking fever <laughs> and i and i was also just looking for the weirdest shit i could find and that was the best of both worlds uh yes that that is a game that is is, is kind of near and dear to me i it's it's phenomenal um so yeah I, I i shit that sounds like an interesting project to me um damn and you know that kickstarter we can take all the money that we don't spend tipping and put towards it yeah i definitely would uh We'll link that in the uh, the description of the show. Um, I also, I did try this game uh, because one of the patrons requested it as one of our, uh, not not a paid request, but just a, hey, you should play this game. It's neat. It's neat. And I think a comic based on it would be pretty cool, actually. So um, I will definitely link this out and hopefully it is still current. Yeah, it's a, it's a really cool idea. You know, it's not like they're remaking the game and, and what they've shown, it, it looks like a solid comic book. So, you know, mm. check that out uh, when, when you see the link. But yeah, thanks for writing in, Dave. I'm sorry I called you a fucker. Do you want me to leave all that stuff in, or was I supposed to add all that out? Like the I know, just leave. I don't the shit care. talking. Okay. We shit talk everybody. It don't matter who it is, mm-hmm. including this fucker right here, Zamari Johnson. Jesus. And what's on his mind is <laughs> ask about tipping. Jeremy's off the top, off the charts. Yeah, well, <laughs> what's on your mind? What's on your Sonic. mind is no, not well. Let's see. Uh, and he writes in to say, "I love video games." That's it. You know what? That's the you best letter we've ever gotten. I'm down. Thank you. Thank you, Zamari. I'm back to being in a good mood after that is 
like legit the best fucking email anyone has written in for a while. It's, it's to the point. It doesn't have anything to do with what your subject was. But as long as you love video games, I love you. And yeah. I, I think that goes for all of us. It's very relatable. That's a good pi- that's a good piece of mail because it's not going to send one of us on a 15-minute tangent either. That's true. <laughs> you mentioned Borderlands 3 earlier, and I just about went off right then. So yeah, yeah. This, no. this has been a long time coming, and it, it just took that shit to go. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know if your email got like eaten by our contact form. Or if this is just what you wanted to get off your chest, but I'm glad you like video games. It's uh, it's it's important to me. It's my hobby. And so anybody that likes that stuff, you're okay with me. Mm-hmm. Next question comes in from the mutt, and he's writing in about stuff, just stuff. All right. Hey guys, great podcast. Found it a bit ago, and I'm currently plowing through you on the backlog. He didn't actually oh say my, that. Oh my wow. god. He didn't say that. Sorry. <laughs> Currently plowing through it on through the backlog. Leave, leave my goddamn backlog alone. Boy, it's this really... is falling. This is falling. Up. When did it go wrong tonight? Oh, it's the hardest Tipping. backlog to get through. Tipping. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Okay, on to the question. Have you guys ever played Shadow Hearts on the PS2? This is a game where I had it, but don't remember where I got it from. But I really love this game and wish I still had the my original copies of the trilogy since they have skyrocketed in price. Anyway, anyway, would love to hear your thoughts and a podcast about it would be great also. Oh, and what would be better, an old school pizza joint with a great arcade or a barcade with a free arcade? Ooh, um, I've never played Shadow Hearts, so hopefully one of you have. Otherwise, the, our answer is all going to be no. Um, the So I would rather have a pizza place with a good arcade, um, but the barcade being free is uh much cooler free arcades are way cooler than arcades you pay money for so yeah um i'm gonna have to go with barcade with the with the free arcade but if i had to pick between a pizza arcade or a or just a bar arcade uh the pizza arcade much more like you know an actual chuck e cheese but not awful that would be awesome that'd be great like a shaky's pizza but uh (laughs) but with an arcade in it done Uh, you know just a a good old-fashioned yeah, you got. I love a goddamn barcade, and if you're gonna make the damn games free, you can, I, well, I imagine the drinks are gonna be like fucking probably double to make up for that. I'd have to, I'd have to figure out how that's going. You know, because they give you free fucking games to play, they're gonna fucking charge you like fucking fifteen dollars for a little ass drink. So that, that's tough. But I, I, I would lean that way as long as long as they're gonna be fair about it. I guess you just pregame before you go there, and you'll be all right. But uh, no, I have not played that game either. Um, and I went because I, I just I went hot and heavy through PS2 games um, from a from a video store, just just kind of playing all, a lot. So I went and even checked, and that it does not look. It looks interesting, but it's not familiar to me. I have not played it either. I remember the uh, the box, but yeah, sorry, man, it's zero for three on this one. Uh, I. It it looks cool. I like the developer name Sacknoth. Like that's a hell of a developer name. Um, but as far as a barcade or a pizza place, I'd go pizza place all day long. Just give me a a good greasy pan pizza and then some arcades off to the side. Just bring back old Pizza Hut restaurants. That's all I want. That's I would like, like the buffet. No, not really the buffet. Like back before, even then, it was just a restaurant you could go into and, and oh, yeah. order and. 
you know, they always had like the arcade games up front and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I had so many good memories from that mm -hmm. place. And anybody that ever says, you know, a pizza place with an arcade in it, that's what I think of. I don't really think of, you know, like showbiz pizza, but you know, that is pretty cool as well. I just think of a main like pizza restaurant with a few arcades in it, you know, arcade machines or whatever. So yeah. That's, that's what I, barcades are cool. I like them, but, uh, I'm, I'm not very good at, at getting drunk in one. So the drinks really don't have an appeal to me. I do like the one that me and Jeremy went to. That was a pretty cool one. You know, I, I would say I have the opposite problem. I'm very good at getting drunk in them, but then I'm not very good at the video games part. So I, I got to make sure <laughs> in a pizza place, I can actually probably play some video games and remember it. That's true. Uh, but yeah, thanks for writing in the mutt. And uh, maybe we'll check out Shadow Hearts in the future. Though we don't, I don't think we'd really cover too many RPGs on here. It's so the time. We'll, we'll see. The time requirement is is kind of a makes it tough. But I, I definitely yeah. want to check it out. I love RPGs, even if we don't talk about it on the show properly. Uh, I will give it a shot at some point. I want to see what Sacknoth can do. <laughs> next question comes in from John King, and uh, <laughs> a little late on this one. I I think we've already given this one away. But he's writing in about another fighting game month. Hey, guys, I hope all is well. Let's I, fucking go. I think I speak not only for myself, but a few other listeners. We need a second fighting game month. I would they personally... They, they need it. I would personally like if the Darkstalker series could be covered as one of the top topics. Keep up the great work. Oh, it's coming. It's fucking... You can't stop it. We had to threaten Jeremy to make this happen. God. Yeah, God damn it, it's happening. It, it uh, is it I, is I, coming. I don't, I don't what month is did we have do we know what month it's gonna be? It was gonna be September, but next month we actually have another patron request we have to do that is not a fighting game. So uh it can't be October. Mm. October's all horror games, so we're looking at November for fight month two. Oh man. Finally you'll have something to be thankful for in November. Yeah, that would have been a, a cool question to, to read right before we announced it. So <laughs> this is just one of those questions that got lost in the in the ether and, and we're just now getting to it. So you probably already heard that we are doing another fighting game month and we haven't quite decided on the games that we were covering. I think we've mentioned Clay Fighter. Um, I think one of the bonus shows might just be a collection of, of one-off arcade fighting games. Um, and so the the rest is in the air we'll see what we come up with we got it it's hard to talk about fighting games i know jeremy hates hates it but it's you know we we kind of need to pick something that we can talk about more than just me sitting here talking about weird hitboxes or you know well, i think we were we were going back to look at doomsday warriors again Ooh, <laughs> i might be out for that one i might be out for. did that. you forget that yeah we we're going back to, i'm gonna to be sick i'll take i'll take it AK to come in finish, finish that one off for me. <laughs> oh man well, he's We'll he's, see. He's we'll probably, see. He's probably coming. probably having to work. Probably spent all of his money fucking tipping. <laughs> uh, but we'll we'll see, John King. We'll we'll see if we can get to Darkstalkers and and uh, if we can find enough to to talk about some of this stuff. We might might just go back mm. to Air Erg, Heights. You know, the the greatest uh, fighting game of all time. So, mm. next question comes in from Blue Hunter X, and he says, "When will we ever be able to just walk into a store and buy an Xbox Series X or PS5?" without killing someone for it. That was just the subject line. He's actually wanting to, he says, I love all of your shows. I get at least one good laugh each episode. Can we get an episode where you guys play Armored Core for the PlayStation? It was one of my faves as a kid and I loved challenging my friends back in the day for who made the coolest mech. 
Also, it's retro enough, and there are rumors of a new one possibly coming out soon. Thanks for all the hard work and your time and energy you put into the show is greatly appreciated. Well, to um to answer the, the subject line, I, I'm currently working in small town Virginia, and I actually I I, I popped into Walmart on this very day uh, to get a get a couple snacks. But like there there are. Not just Xbox Series S, Series S's, but X's. Like, there's like four of them there. Just there, behind the glass. Um, I, I still haven't seen a PS5 out in the wild. Uh, but this is the first time and second time I've seen a Series X out and about. Um, so that's that's encouraging. But um, I, I don't know anything about Armor Core. I would not be... I, I'm not opposed. So fuck, we, we played fucking Gemfire. I'm obviously not opposed. Well, I was opposed to that. I got dragged okay. through that. Even if I am opposed, I could be dragged kicking and screaming through anything, apparently. Armored Core is awesome. So that's giving away my hand on my thoughts on Armored Core. But no, I, I loved Armored Core. The first Armored Core, probably the second one as well, I played a ton of with my roommate. We actually linked the systems up so we could have like good mech-on-mech -mech fights. Mm. Uh, it was it was awesome. I would love to cover an Armored Core. I'd love to see a new Armored Core. If I could play Armored Core online with other people and lose every time like I do every other game online, it would be just awesome. So I would I would definitely be interested in doing an Armored Core. Uh, it's nothing like Gemfire, Billy. It's actually fun. So you, would, you might like this one. <laughs> Oh, I, I absolutely love Armored Core. That was uh, one of those random rentals as a kid. I didn't know what I was getting into and ended up absolutely loving it. It's it's uh, incredibly creative with just what all you can do with your mechs and how you can approach different missions. It's it's just one of those games that it can be a different game just about any way you want to approach it. And I, mm -hmm. I loved it. I didn't like stick with the series over the years, but I definitely got way into the first and second one. So that would, yeah. that would be a really cool, cool game to cover. So maybe we'll keep that in mind in the future. Uh, I'm, I'm actually a lot like Billy. I have seen Xbox series S's for quite a while in stores. I've started seeing the series X more lately. It seems like once every two or three weeks when I go out, it looks like it gets restocked at targets. And I'm starting to see it more at Walmart. So that's that's there. Never seen a PS5. Not once. My friend apparently did at a local place called Meyer. Uh, mm. He said he saw there were three in stock. Uh, and that was back last year before Christmas or sometime. So that is the only person I know that has ever seen a, a PS5. Oh, and my um, um, my stepbrother, I guess. He saw some up up north, so... It's it, they're around, but the, the PS5s are exceedingly rare to find. But it uh, looks like Series X's are, are getting pretty, pretty common around here. All right, we're going to end this one. One final question comes from Super Robio, and he wants to know about games. Dudes, exclamation mark. I recently came across your podcast via Apple Podcasts. Sorry, I don't use Spotify for podcasts like a normal person. <laughs> No, I use Apple Podcasts, so that's fine. Yeah, I do too. And in fact, I yeah. didn't think anyone wanted Spotify until we put it on there. Everyone talks about how great it is, but still, go on. <laughs> I have to say, I'm enjoying your podcast, despite the fact that you seem to dislike most of the games that you play. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also a critic, so what can I say? My question is, I have heard you guys referring to renting games several times, as that was the way to play games when we were kids. I'm 42. 
But did any of you ever rent game consoles? That was my way of playing the NES when it was first released back in 1985, until I finally got one for Christmas a year later. Thanks, guys, and keep up the good work. Uh, we we didn't around our house, but we had, um, oh, my parents were, were a little bit strict about me toting a console out. You know, the, that NES, fucking, it, it stayed in the house. Uh, but but if I went to hang out, like and stay, spend the weekend uh, with my uncle, a couple of uncles, I would you know would spend the weekend with. My cousin would come along. Uh, you know, be a few of us kids there, and they did have a a, a local video store um, that you know you could rent your games and you could you could rent you could rent a fucking VCR or you could rent an NES, and we did that many a night. I have no idea how much it cost because I wasn't spending the money. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I remember doing that. I remember uh, my uncle would have to fill out a paper of some sort uh, when he did it. Uh, but yeah, uh, written consoles was, it sounds so fucking weird now. Um, that, that's probably 10 times stranger sounding nowadays than, than just the whole video game rental concept is to, to younger folks now. Yeah, fucking I, hell, we'd rent a VCR every now and then when I was staying with that family. Needless to say, they they you know didn't have a lot of electronics around the house. But uh, yeah, I, I do recall that. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I imagine that would be fucking hot shit though if you didn't own the console. That was your only way of playing it. You got to rent that console and pick it up. But I think if I did that on the weekend, I would spend the week fucking miserable that I couldn't play and I, I would have to wait until the weekend to do it again. Yeah. I don't remember my local, cause we only had small local video stores, uh, when, when I was growing up until I moved to a more popular area that had blockbusters and Potomac videos and all those other things. When I was younger though, it was just a, like a local store and I don't remember them renting out consoles. I do remember them renting out VCRs, but not consoles. So no, I never did rent one by the time I was up here. Uh, where generally I live now in the, the DC area, you know, I remember Blockbuster was doing it for N64s and some other systems. Uh, even the Virtual Boy was was available to rent. I highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Well, I recommend go back in time, do that. You waste your going back in time for that. But I mean, I, I would have recommended renting the Virtual Boy. But generally, I was always like, yeah, well, I have this system. Why would I rent it? Because I, you know, by that time was working and bought any system I wanted. So I didn't take advantage of it when I when by the time it was available near me. We actually talked a little bit about this on our Mario 64 episode with Celeste and and she rented a, a Nintendo 64 at the video Ooh. store and and I was I didn't know about this until around the Sega CD and I went to Blockbuster and noticed that they said they rented out uh, VCRs and game consoles and I asked Ooh. them I said you know what game consoles do you rent out and it's like Super NES Genesis Sega CD. I went fucking wild. I was like, holy fucking shit, you mean I could <laughs> rent a Sega CD? It, just, it didn't seem legal, but it was like 20 bucks, and I begged my aunt one time. I was like, I've got the $20 here. Will you rent me a Sega CD <laughs> for the weekend? Uh, and she got up there and tried to do it, but they wanted like an $80 deposit for it as well, you know, if you didn't return it or something like that. Which kind of defeats the purpose, you know. If you got, if I got a hundred bucks to to rent a fucking Sega CD, I'll just save up a little bit more and go buy one. But yeah, you could. Uh, it, it was something you could do, and it, I was kind of amazed that it still lasted up until around the '64. And I don't know, Billy, if you ever saw the cases that they they put those things in. 
but if you've ever played cyberpunk and that one of those very <laughs> first one of those very first missions where you got like the the spider robot thing yeah the, ca- the case yes. that that thing's in that's what it <laughs> fucking looks like and it literally looks like a fucking military weapon oh. or something it was huge fucking huge and the guy put it up on the counter i thought the counter bowed in when he did it was just <laughs> This massive fucking suitcase looking thing filled with foam. He opened it up and there's a grody ass Sega CD in there. Um, but yeah, I was amazed as a kid. I didn't know you could do that. I always wanted to. I tried. I tried. Didn't quite get there. But I did know people that that did uh, rent out VCRs sometimes, which I was mm-hmm. uh, another thing I was amazed. At. I was like, you guys don't have a fucking VCR yet? It's 1994. But yeah, it's uh, it, it was a thing for a very long time. And uh, I I wonder how many people just fucking lifted those, like just got those and took them home, never never brought them back. So, but yeah, thanks Super Robio for writing in, and I think that is going to do it for yet another episode of this mess that we call Retrovaniacs. <laughs> uh, it has certainly been a mess this time. At least we had a really good game to play uh, this time. So, uh, thanks our thanks ugh, thanks to our Patreon for suggesting it. And if you want to write in and uh, Send us some weird shit to read. Tell us that you like video games. Head over to Retrovaniacs. Wait, no, Retrovania.net. That tells you how long it's been since I've fucking been to that site <laughs> to update it. Uh, go there and uh, scroll all the way down to the bottom. I hope the contact form's still there. If it is, <laughs> fill it out, send it in, and uh, we'll we'll read your stuff on here. Or just, you know, pay us some money on Patreon, and uh, we'll we'll cover your game, whatever you want. Please make it be, make, make, make it a good game. This was a really good game. Thank you for for suggesting this one. I'd say most of our patron requests have been good. It's just the ones that aren't, that were not enjoyable. Uh, Maybe the only ones you remember. But we've had some good ones, some solid ones. And hopefully next month, as we do another patron request, it'll be another game that is as enjoyable as Popful Mail was this time. Uh, but again, anything you want to find on Retrovania, go to Retrovania.net. You can find links to everything, including that question form, including that Patreon. And we will see you next time with another patron request. <laughs>